Through the cool evening mist of Tuesday, April 11, 1865, darkness gave way to light. The White House was brilliantly illuminated, and the reflection revealed a vast throng assembled to hear the President speak. Throughout the city, bonfires blazed and celebratory rockets whistled. Crowds had gathered outside the White House the previous day, expecting a triumphal speech in the aftermath of Robert E. Lee's surrender to Ulysses S. Grant at Appomattox on April 9th. A procession of some two thousand Navy Yard workmen, dragging six boat howitzers, trekked through the city. The gathering had swelled on its march to call on the President. Bands played, and people sang the Star-Spangled Banner, Hail Columbia, and other patriotic tunes. First to be sighted at the mansion's second-floor window was not the President, but his twelve-year-old son. Tad couldn't resist the parade, and, encouraged by the crowd's cheers, he waved a captured rebel flag. Quickly, according to one reporter, he was lugged back by the slack of his trousers by some discreet domestic. Abraham Lincoln had appeared twice on the 10th. In the early afternoon, an agitated sea of hats, faces, and men's arms greeted him. I am greatly rejoiced that an occasion has occurred so pleasurable that the people can't restrain themselves, he said to boisterous cheers. I suppose arrangements are being made for some sort of formal demonstration, perhaps this evening or tomorrow night. We can't wait, the crowd roared. If there should be such a demonstration, I, of course, will have to respond to it, and I will have nothing to say if you dribble it out of me. Many in the throng laughed, and someone shouted, We want to hear you now. Lincoln used the occasion to ask the band that had assembled to play a song. His choice was Dixie, and he joked that the Union would reappropriate it as a captured prize of war. Some listeners may have wondered whether, in selecting the song, One of the best tunes I ever heard, he announced. He was signaling eventual reconciliation with, rather than mocking, the defeated Confederacy. In any case, the band played Dixie with extraordinary vigor. The President understands well the power of national songs, observed the daily national intelligencer, and what is better, he uses it in the right time and for a good purpose. Lincoln proposed three cheers for General Grant and his forces and three more for the Navy, and retired from the scene to work on his remarks for the following day. At 5.30, again on the 10th, another crowd called on Lincoln to speak, but again the President demurred, saying that he planned to wait until the following evening, when he would be then that much better prepared to say what I have to say. After all, he observed, everything he said found its way into print, and he did not want to make a mistake that would create confusion. You have made no mistakes yet, someone shouted. One reporter thought Lincoln's remarks as unresolvable as the riddle of the Sphinx, so carefully did he restrain from any opinion. The next day, people were waiting anxiously for the speech which the President has promised to make. The afternoon edition of the April 11th Daily National Republican announced that the event was planned for eight o'clock. The notice presumed that bands again would be present. But the music most desired by the nation at this hour of the country's trial, noted the writer, is a speech from the president. If he speaks tonight, he will speak to the people of the whole country who are anxiously listening to hear something from him. As darkness fell, lights illuminated the city. 
At the War Department, every window was ablaze with light, and the building decorated with large flags. A transparency with the word Grant flapped beneath a wreath of evergreens. The Treasury Department featured a sign that read, U.S. Greenbacks and U.S. Grant. Grant gives the Greenbacks a metallic ring. The State Department, brilliantly lighted and festooned with flags, displayed a banner that read, The Union saved by faith in the Constitution, faith in the people, and trust in God. The north portico of the White House was also brightly lit. Men and women gathered and stood in ankle-deep mud from the April rains. They not only filled the grounds in front of the White House, but spilled over onto the sidewalks from 15th to 17th Streets. Banners streamed and bands played. At last, Lincoln appeared and was greeted with tremendous and continued applause.